0: hi everyone my name is Melanie Pitsy I'm the CEO of the GPA
1: and I'm Tiffany Appleby SVP of Alliances and Marketing at Amidas and you're listening to the Humans of Payroll podcast we love the payroll industry and
0: the talented people within it in each episode we'll introduce you to another fantastic payroll person who will share their expertise and personal experiences so hey Tiffany shall we get going let's get going Hi Tiffany, how are you doing? Hey, Mel. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm really excited about today's guest on Humans of Payroll podcast. And um, Tiffany, would you like to introduce them?
1: Absolutely. I'm thrilled that we're joined by Amidas' own Chief Information Security Officer, David Quirk. So, David, welcome to the Humans of Payroll podcast.
2: Great. Thank you very much for having me, Tiffany.
1: Fantastic. Will you start out, David, with sharing a little bit with our audience about you and your role at Amidas?
2: Yeah, so so as Tiffany said, I'm the Chief Information Security Officer for Amidas, which is a very fancy title, but basically means that... I'm responsible for all the infrastructure that runs the Amidas platform. So everything from the end user devices to the servers, databases, networking, uh, everything that keeps our platform up and running and keeps our customers happy. And on top of that, the security bit is... Is one, one little word, but one very important word, because security is critical to, to us and to our customers. So I'm also responsible for the security of that environment. So making sure that uh, no bad actors get access to our valuable customer data and to make sure that the right people see the right data at the right time. I'm responsible for SOC compliance, ISO compliance, and all that good stuff as well.
0: The so no pressure.
2: No pressure, no.
0: <laughs> so you must have like, one of the hardest roles in a business to be fair you know like because data security is such a hot topic at the moment isn't it
2: it most definitely is let me give you my boss's email afterwards you can you can send them that message <laughs> <up>. <laughs> no no I know I mean security is such a hot topic at the, at the moment and I, I think security has always been a hot topic but I think especially at the moment with what's going on in the world and confrontation we're seeing certainly a lot more phishing attacks, a lot more companies under under pressure, and, and a lot of big organizations having challenges. Um, in the last few weeks, there's been some spectacular um, incidences. Um, so security is, is is critical, but it's not just one person. It's not just looking at security from an infrastructure platform, customer point of view. Like We do a lot of work with our great, great employees. We do a lot of work training them and um, keeping them on their toes, and they, they are you know, without them, security is is, is non-existent, you know. So you ha- it's about the vigilance of all your staff and employees as well, that when they see abnormal things, they contact you and, and raise it. But it is, security is a big, big uh, item in any business now, but especially peril.
0: And I, I think, um, so just over the last few weeks, as you said, there's been some cases and um, I had one of our members contact us a couple of weeks ago to say they didn't have access to their payroll. Um, and was there any advice or had any other members been through it uh, because the company that they were using had just been cyber-attacked and um, so everything had been shut down. So I think like maybe five years ago, you wouldn't have thought that the cyber-attacking or cyber security be such a, a big topic now for payroll, but it is, isn't it?
2: It, it is. Uh, uh, you know, uh, as we've evolved over the last few years and gone more cloud-based and more, uh, you know, everything is in the cloud. And, and I think payroll was the logical next juncture for that. Um, most organizations have looked at outsourced payroll services, um, as they already have with their finance services, their, their, their general HR services, their ERP services. So it is critical when you're picking a cloud vendor that you, you understand what their you know, what they have in place around resilience, availability, you know, um, have they done uh, a cyber attack simulations themselves? It's very important. I mean, everything we touch now in some way has a connection with something in the cloud, be it from your mobile phone right through to what we're talking about today, payroll services. So it's important to know where your data is. It's important to know that you're very dependent on these services and as customers as well it's very important that a customer and because i am a customer of amazon as as our customers are our, our customers of, of abetus it's very important for customers to ask the right questions and to make sure that the vendors do consider security and do have plans in place in case of a disaster
0: i just um i spoke to my it company and they uh, we were talking about data security and all this sort of stuff because for some reason it's been thrown at me last few weeks and he has said that there was a company that um he knows of that is a you know million dollar turnover organization with a lot of you know uh things going through on a daily basis and um they didn't want to spend 300 pound review monthly review on their website to see where the holes were and that amazes me and you're right you're so right you need to because i would assume any large organisation would be reviewing or looking at things, or you know, looking at potential problems. But that's that doesn't seem to be the case. Well,
2: well, I think there's more awareness now. I mean, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm I'm a lot older than you two, <laughs> but so I, I've been around a while. Like I can remember in the early days of IT, you know, trying to go to business because you just wanted to do backups, and the business going well that adds no value. But well, it adds value if we have a disaster but i think you know we've we've come away from that now and i think all the you know because there's there's high profile cases i think the business people and everyone are realizing that yeah i understand that security maybe doesn't add extra functionality that i can charge a customer for but it is critical and the reputation of any organisation is critical so for any companies who are still having that sort of attitude, really, they're not companies you should be dealing with. And 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 really, whoever is in charge of security in there needs to be doing the proper sale up the channel onto the board to say, you know, this is the risk. How adverse are we to the risk? How willing are we to accept it? And if €300, Euros, as you said, or 300 uh, sterling a month can fix it, my God, that seems very cheap. <laughs>
1: Yeah, given all of the, I think, more awareness that everyone has, and the more I think we're getting um, knowledge of when these attacks are happening, and especially in places where it's critical employee data, are you hearing more and more from prospects, especially, you know, as we're working with them to understand what their global payroll needs are? Are we getting asked more kind of in-depth? Questions or um, reviews on our IT security?
2: Most definitely, and and in fact, I, I, I think a lot of our customers we we're typically with large enterprise customers. They're very mature when it comes to that sort of stuff. So normally, what I see is the, you know the pre-sales conversation going on, the you know, and it gets to a certain point, and then normally I'm I'm wheeled in, and in <laughs> fairness, on, on the other side, um. You, you you get some very heavy hitting, very hard hitting questions, and a lot of them have done. You know, they've done large enterprise uh, procurement before. You know, they've done ERP systems, they, so they they kind of know the questions to ask, or they already have templates in place. So that's yeah, that's my my job is to is to I suppose do the dog and pony show, but also to convince the customers that you know we are a secure place for their data. Um, but certainly, I think that that has matured a lot in in the enterprise space. Um, I think customers are much more clever and much more aware of what they should be asking and what boxes they need ticked with any customer. But that's critical. Critical.
1: Yeah. What's the most obscure question you've been asked by a customer or a prospect?
2: <laughs> oh Lord! Oh God! Now you put me on the spot, Tiffany. Uh,
1: <laughs> what's the
2: most obscure question I've been asked? I don't think I, I don't think anything really. Um, um, Has thrown me a curveball. What What is interesting by customers is, is you know, and and maybe they don't realize it because everyone thinks their business is unique, and and you know, there is a component of your business that's unique. But I seventy to eighty percent of the questions we get asked are exactly the same question, maybe worded slightly differently, and then you can actually see from a customer. Either they've had an issue in the past, or or where their security guy's bias is, because normally that last ten percent is goes down a certain area. Um, no, no, I, I I can't think of anything that really left field obscure um, that I've been asked. I I I have to say,
0: I think one of the, one of the things that I feel that um, with all you know with all the big cases, because there has been, hasn't? I think maybe over the twelve months, there's been quite a lot of cases. I don't think you'd wish that on your enemy, really, would you?
2: You know, cyber attack. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's it's that's the stuff, you know. What keeps me awake at night is that is that worry of, you know, um, what if something goes wrong? What if someone can access data? But but an important thing to consider is if you look at a lot of cyber attacks, um, you know, and there was a there was a substantial one last week from not not payroll related, but a substantial one affecting, I think it was over 260, 236,000 customer data files. But that was your classic human error phishing attempt, uh, where you know an email came in, it looked like a very genuine email, and people clicked on it. So what's interesting is, is a lot of the really big attacks are human error, you know, and, and that's why it's not just about buying all the fancy tools and putting all them in place. It's very important that you got your staff along with you and you got your staff educated to look out for those abnormal things. So, yeah, but certainly that's, that's what keeps me awake at night going, you know, is my customer data safe and is the, what, what, can I do better? What could me and my team do better to protect our customer data? Yeah.
1: And the training piece is so huge. I know, um, we underwent the same type of exercise, right, of the email that landed in our inbox. And it's amazing how convincing they can look to even someone that feels like they're super savvy and super aware of things like that. So, yeah, I think you cannot discount the, the piece on training your staff um, to not put your own company at risk.
2: Mm-hmm. no absolutely agree with you and one one interesting thing is we because we do regular phishing fishing uh, tests as well and um it was it was about two years ago i remember i did one in, in Amidas, and one of the users did click on it and of course when they click on it they get the big thing and then suddenly they get a phone call from me and all that and i remember the lady said <laughs> to me she says sure it would you know that email was too good there was no way it was a phishing email hang on yeah but that's the whole point the maturity <laughs> The maturity of the guys who are attacking. If you compare the email a couple of years ago that you would have got, you know, it's obviously you know I'm a prince and I have quarter. Yes. Of them giving them
0: <laughs> but if you look
2: at the the, the 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 sophistication now of the emails and the attacks, it, it's getting very they're they're getting very clever, very clever.
0: And it, and it's even like when you you know you might get something with which is a remittance advice. And you know that just looks like a normal day-to-day email you might get, and then you're just like, no, no stop, 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 <laughs> because you don't know that company. But you know, but it's if you're busy and you're under pressure, which a lot of us are, to be fair, aren't we? It can so easily happen, can't it? Just oh, I feel sorry for your colleague. I bet she was like, no.
2: I think yeah, she was more upset. She got a phone call from me. I think than anything see.
1: <laughs> for <laughs> sure, she got put on the naughty list. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you are you are um, you are right like there's so many different ways and, and because people are busy and if you look at like you, you talked about remittance there like if you look at finance people you know they expect to get invoices at certain times of the month they expect to get notifications about making payments they expect to you know and these guys these bad actors they know that they know what times of the month they're expecting these things and they're hoping that you know if you've got 100 or 200 emails coming in they can slip one in the middle and you just won't notice
0: and, and so, does it? So, there's different sorts of attacks. And one thing I, which I um, learned recently, which I, you know, I'm you a bit naive about, is that there's um, is it ransom? They want money from you to be able to give data. So, is that an actual real thing? Is that, is that, yeah. it's not just like phishing, but they also don't just necessarily attack, but they also re- request money from you to release yeah. data. Wow.
2: Yeah, and and there there are many many different types, but I suppose the two most common types that people would know and hear about on the news are are you've heard probably talk about denial of service attacks, and what that what that effectively means is they are they're attacking your website with so much requests that your website just can't handle it, like a, a tick, tick it in simple terms, your website just can't handle it and doesn't know, you know, it could get a billion fake requests and one real request and it just cannot handle the volume. Now, obviously with, with we're an Amazon and and great cloud providers like Amazon provide mitigations so that sort of stuff and, and we use those mitigations. But then the 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 one you're talking about so so there, there's multiple types of phishing where you know they're just looking for, you know, they maybe send you an email about changing your password, you click on the link, you put in your username password and now they have your username password and they want to get into your environment or a lot of what we're seeing now is is going to the ransomware type thing, where you click on a link or you open a document, and what it does is it encrypts your machine, jumps onto the next machine, your network, and encrypts it. And that's what you're talking about there, Bellamy. It's all about them then throwing up a screen saying, "Well, if you give us so many bitcoins, we'll give you the unlock key, You know, oh, wow, wow. It's
0: it's such a different world. So um, I was talking to my insurance company today. You know, just. Uh, coincidence and she said now there's more more people contacting them I feel like such word there's more people contacting them about um data security and cyber attacks than actually people breaking into offices she said that she said we almost hardly hear of offices broken into it's now all about data and cyber um she just said you you cannot underestimate how much it's changed over the last five years so um so it's it's really interesting that you're talking about this because i don't i don't understand it all and um and learning as i go along and obviously we're hearing a lot in the in the media so it's really really great that you're talking about all of this
2: and cyber cyber kidnapping and
1: robbery without the hassle of actually having to physically be there right so
2: you don't you don't even have to be in the same country (laughs) yeah exactly And, and, and cyber insurance is a huge growing area for the insurance companies and it's it's a huge, complicated area in terms of of payouts and things like that. You know, uh, for the insurance companies, but but yeah, you you can have a person or a group, and and normally these are well organized groups. These these this is not this is not like in Hollywood where it's a 13 year old guy sitting in his room. Nobody talks to him. He hasn't been in high school in six years or whatever. The, a lot of these are well put together organizations, professional organizations geographically distributed around the world' working together uh, and they normally target you know companies so they normally target one or two three companies whatever it is and they work try and work their way in and um, very 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 sophisticated organizations
0: so do you think is there any tips that you would give people? I know, obviously, I know it's a huge process, but is there anything off the top of your head that, you know, if you met somebody at a party and said, oh, I run a business and you would be like, well, you need to at least make sure you've done this?
2: Well, look, yeah, if you're if if you you're a, a, a just a normal small business, let's start with a small business, you know, you need to have your your... Your boring antivirus and your, you know, the, the normal protections you would expect. Like you would, but you would be shocked how many small companies don't have that. You you need to have your backups in place. You need to be able to restore. But as you move up the maturity train into into a large enterprise such as ourselves providing services, it, it is critical that you have a security team in place. We have, we have things. We have a service called Seam, which is a, a which security guys love, which is like. Every log from every device, uh, software, everything all comes to a central location, and it comes into our knock. Our and the logs are gone through. We're looking for abnormal events. We're looking for abnormal threats. We're trying to do machine learning on us to try and see is, is, is a bad actor trying to try something. So it, it gets very sophisticated when you get up to that large organization size. But it's very important that whether you're a two-man mama and papa shop, or whether you're a 20,000 employee company. It's very important that you allocate budget to security. And it's very important that you have the proper people, be that external consultant, if you don't have your own team or, or your own team.
1: I can definitely attest to our doing of this internally. I've gotten the email when I've taken my computer on vacation, like, are you actually in said country? Yes, I am. So yeah, it's but to your point on looking for the abnormalities combined with you know the ransomware attacks and other attacks that come from countries outside, like even just having that proactive approach to ensuring that, hey, Tiffany doesn't usually work outside of the US. So let's check on her and make sure hmm. that that's her and not someone else.
2: And and that's very interesting. That's a very interesting point, because since COVID, um, hybrid working like I'm I'm here in my attic, which I have been in since the 9th of March, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody let me out one of these days. But <laughs> but when you think of it now, we have we've we've a different type of workforce. I suppose if when people were in the office, you know, you were able to put a bubble around them, if you want to call it that. But now that people are at home, you know, they're on their own Wi-Fi connections, which may or may not be secure in any way, shape, or form. So us as a, us as an organisation, we have to look. I have to assume that Tiffany, you're at home. You're on, you know, uh, some US ISP carrier. I have to assume that they're not secure. So I go yeah. right. Well, how can I se- secure the machine that you're on, and make sure the traffic coming from your machine going through that potential unsecure is is safe? So that it's a different way of looking at it. And and yeah, some of the stuff we put in that you talked about is is going. Yeah, hold on. Tiffany's moved to Argentina. Uh, why is she trying to connect from Argentina? She doesn't normally connect from Argentina. And as you see, we immediately block you. And one of my guys will phone and go, <laughs> are you on holidays? Yeah, you should have told us before you left. <laughs> that sort of thing. So I also if you're on holidays, you shouldn't be doing your email, but that's a that's a different conversation. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just got, it's got a little bit more complex with the hybrid kind of uh, mm. workforce thing as well. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's a big area. And so you know
1: what, yeah, I, I can have- imagine your jobs changed overnight. Right, all of a sudden, having to worry about you know where I would say probably what the majority of Amita's prior to the pandemic were in office location somewhere, and then all of a sudden in one day they weren't.
2: Yeah, and I have to tell you, we were lucky. We were lucky because um, we we'd made a conscious decision to buy laptops for everybody anyway, so we didn't have desktops. So so we had laptops. So that's the kind of mobility bit sorted out um, before the the COVID things. Stroke. We had started getting down into much more formally managing the devices, etc. So we had it. In, we, we were lucky because we had it in a situation where, where I, th- I think that was a Thursday that we actually stopped. And I remember uh, uh, the, my boss at the time coming in and saying, "Right, from tomorrow, everybody's at home." And I went, "Yeah, it's okay. We're 100% in the cloud. We don't have an issue. They can all work from home as long as they've got an internet connection, which." Was a challenge we had afterwards, but I've talked to other companies who didn't have that. They had infrastructure on site, and they had their their standard desktops on site. They were trying to organise taxis to get desktops into people's houses, and you know, and it's wow. just complicated, much more complicated. So, so we were lucky. It was It was good timing on our part, and uh, and the way we'd set it up that we were able to just work from home, with no problem.
0: We we even struggled at home. This sounds ridiculous. So, um, my partner he works in uh payroll and he had to work from home so we were already working from home i was already working from home but it was just like you know like when you feel really stupid because you can't attach two screens to the laptop just stupid things like that that took a couple of hours, if not longer, to try and work out <laughs> how to put two screens to a laptop, and we both felt like dumber and dumber. You know, just like <laughs> not capable of just doing things like that. So, doing you know when COVID happened, it was not only get the desk, get your you know get a laptop, and then try and to get screens to fit and everything else and and the other thing which you've really highlighted is you know the um global mobility or people working in different countries um you know there was a, a spell where people were lying about where they were working and i'm now thinking what if i team you where they were working then because they could track it to a certain extent
2: well we yeah yeah i mean it does it like it has to record where you're logging in from so that's all that that's the only thing we track we don't you know, we don't do anything else in terms of the machines, but we do want to know where you're connecting from, just to make sure. You know, and and there's two reasons for that. Actually, one is okay if you've if you've gone to a different country and it is genuinely you, that's fine. But the other thing we look at is is what we call um, um, impossible travel. We go, hold on, Tiffany's connected from New Jersey, and two minutes later she connected from Bulgaria. Hmm, that's not physically possible. You teleport? Yeah, yeah. So the secret so to,
1: hidden talent. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to look at
2: that, stuff. but I think I think you're right, man. The, the hybrid thing introduces other challenges. You're right; you don't have an IT guy there to to sort out your cabling for the monitor, um, but you also have to look at at. Um, we had some people who had the worst internet connections in the world in their in their home, and um, and, and 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 these weren't uh, third world countries. You know, I'm t- I'm talking here. Uh, I'm based in Ireland. Um, we had people who literally, you know, went 20 kilometers out from the city and suddenly had, you know, what I would class as dial-up connections and were wondering why they were having issues, you know. So it's interesting how dependent we've come on that whole internet uh, um, infrastructure. Um but the other the other things I think companies again separate, not that we're talking about today from payroll and HR point of view, is it's interesting um some companies like I Amidas mean, was very good at you know providing seats, providing desks if people wanted them at home, etc. But I, I talk to people still now, two day, two years later, and they're doing the laptops on, on their lap, sitting on a couch, and you're going, that can't be great for your neck. That can't be great for your back. So it's important that people also are mindful of where they're working and, and the environment they're in. And it's important, I think, for companies to support that, to say, right, if you have a space, we'll give you an ergonomic desk. We'll give you an ergonomic chair. Uh, if you want it. Um, But for people who don't take that, it's going to be an interesting um, time in the next few years when they start having pains.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I'm sure these were none of the things that you were thinking about when you began your career in (laughs) IT and information security is how do we get our employees set up to work from home like 24 hours later? But like thinking about that, David, like how did you tell us about kind of your origin into the information security world. How did you get here?
2: How did I get here? Um, Yeah, I I went to college and and, and, um, studied studied IT, um, uh, was lucky enough to get a job uh, with a a, a co-op here in Ireland called Avamore at the time, now called Glenbia, as a developer. So I started life developing. I started life developing on green screens, um, not PCs, so yeah, you, you two ladies are too young to remember <laughs> green screens. So I, I that's where I started life on. Um, I then, when I left uh, Avonmore, I joined a, a pharmaceutical company called Elan. So that was interesting because it was it was huge growth uh, internationally, and I got huge exposure to a heavily regulated industry for the first time, uh, pharmaceutical, which was. Which was, you know, an eye opener for a young fellow in the twenties, and also great, great, great great experience. Um, compliance and security. Because I used to laugh. Um, I, I then started working in finance, and I used to laugh. I laugh at the finance guys because they were they were talking about these new regulations, and oh my god, it's terrible. And I've been going, pharma has been doing this for twenty years, guys. This is nothing new. Um, <laughs> you just you just need to change the way you work. So uh, yeah, I went into to. Um, to uh, finance then after that. And soon after that, I started my own company and I ran my own company for 20 years uh, doing cloud services with AWS. Um, so I was lucky enough to sell that company in in um, 2019. And uh, then I was approached by Amidas to see if I wanted to come in here. So that's that's because Amidas was a customer of, of my company.
1: Very cool. It's great to hear. I love hearing the breadcrumbs that lead people to to the role they're in today. That was fascinating.
2: Yeah, but I was I was always a geek. I was always I was always <laughs> through, through school. My mother give out because the sun was outside, and I'd be up in my room on the computer. But,
0: but there's nothing wrong with being a geek. We all need geeks in this world, as you've proven proven today. So how, how do you feel about? Um, obviously, when you own your own company, there's different sorts of pressures, and, and now being you know an employee as such, how, is that quite a big difference?
2: Oh yeah, no, no, no. It was a, it was a conscious decision. Um, um, you know as as i told everyone i came to me this is my retirement job now you know i don't yeah. expect to work <laughs> i expect to put a good team under me let them do everything and i just look look great that's 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 my goal <laughs> But um yeah it's very different i mean running your own company from it was a very again great experience because you know going out doing the business plan trying to get investment on day 1 uh, and then have to deal with insurance companies auditors all that kind of kind yeah. of good stuff um so yeah i did that for for twenty years, and and decided that fifteen-hour days were were uh, six days a week were were a bit mad. Now we got to a size where we either needed to get substantially more investment and branch into another country, or get someone to acquire us. And we were very lucky that that uh, we'd grown at the AWS practice big, and a couple of companies were interested. So they said, "Yeah, this this makes sense." So so coming into Amidas, certainly actually, it was very funny on day one because I remember day one and day day one and day two, in Amidas was kind of gone. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> I'm not the boss anymore. What do I do? But um, but I have to say, no, it's a great company to work for. I mean, they, everybody was is, is so welcoming, it's so open. And I think I came in at a very exciting time when the company was going through a real rapid growth. And um, we we're, we're part of a larger organization called Tech And part of me coming in was to was to um, decouple us from the from Tech and move to the cloud. So the first thing I did was get us off servers on premise and get us up at AWS and and get us cloud, cloud enabled. So yeah, I think it was, it's been very interesting, very exciting. And and I've enjoyed it. I really, really, really have enjoyed it.
0: You you can, you can tell. So, so how do you relax then? Are you, are you still on the PCs when you're relaxing or or do you do other things?
2: No, uh, if you'd, uh, interesting. If you'd asked me 20 years ago, yeah, I would have been on the PC at home. Uh, but now, no, now, uh, now relaxing is is well. I have a, I ha, I have a three year old, so as much relaxing as you can do with a three year old, which is very very little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a, I have a twenty three year old, an eighteen year old, and a three year old. So there you go. So I have a good good mix of of of, of family that gives you time. But I'm a big believer in family. I'm a big believer in um, you know that when work finishes, you should be able to separate work and life. I am very lucky that I have a great team and we have we've made great investments that it's very seldom I get calls in the middle of the night. I know that if I get a call in the middle of the night the the SH1T has hit the fan and it's something serious. <laughs> I'm not getting nuisance calls that are that you know are just noise. Um, which is good. So it gives me gives me that time to spend with the family which I think is 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 critical. And I think that is the only way you can unwind. Going going for the walk, going for kicking the ball. You have to do that. I think if you don't do that, you will burn out in any company.
0: Riding bikes, all of
2: those things. Oh, I love riding bikes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you should mention bikes, Tiffany. <laughs> I, I, had an I know I had an accident. I fell off my bike yesterday, t- uh, David. So uh, oh, yeah, sorry, it, it was David. like a comedy. It was, I'm, I'm on her, but it was like a comedy session, but we'll, we'll tell you about that another time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. I'm a big fan of the bike. I love going on the bike. Yeah. Long rides And, and, to tell you the truth, I'm very lucky where I am. There's there's a huge amount of parklands around me, where so there's beautiful areas where you can just go and sit by the river and listen, and you don't hear any traffic, which is nice.
1: That's lovely. Being in Dallas, one, the weather, and two, the quiet, sounds lovely. Very jealous.
2: <laughs> so Dallas, uh, Dallas is too hot, so, you, so probably fun is just to go into a fridge somewhere, is it?
1: <laughs> it's, yes, yes. We don't go outside much these days, David. We stay indoors. Or in a swimming pool if we're going to be outside.
2: Those are the two
1: options.
0: Wow. And so I'm assuming you're based in Ireland then, David.
2: I am. I'm, I'm well, based just, just outside of Dublin. Yeah, just outside of Dublin.
0: Lovely. And you know, um, sometimes when I go to Dublin, it's, I don't want to say it's like, you know, it's always raining in Dublin because it's not, but it's sometimes either too early in the morning, so it's dark or cloudy or whatever but last time i went into dublin i actually appreciated the scenery like as i was flying in the mountains i didn't realize there was mountains near dublin it's just beautiful i feel like i need a whole that's what i need to do tiffany i need a holiday and uh, explore ireland a bit more because I, I feel like you know when you see it on tv and it just looks wonderful doesn't it, it just
2: yeah and and friends, it is a great country like i worked like through my life like when i was in elan i worked in atlanta I worked in Atlanta, Georgia, Gainesville. I worked in Providence, Rhode Island. I worked in Boston, and uh, all those places. But I always came home. I, I yeah, I, I like, I like Ireland. Uh, I like it a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's not perfect. It has its things, but it is a beautiful country. Um, if you can put up with the rain and and, and uh, it's never too hot and never too cold. It's just the same.
1: Well, I'm very excited to head to Ireland finally. I haven't been there, but I'll be there for the GPA awards uh, in September. So looking forward to getting to experience all of
0: that and getting to meet Mel in real life. I know. That's the, that's the thing now, isn't it? Everything is, um, you know, on Zoom or Teams. Yeah. And, and then when you actually meet people, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, because you only see this part as well, don't you? It's just like... <laughs> You know, like, oh my God, I, just at all, or I, 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 just- yeah,
2: I find this the height thing. Oh my God, you're <laughs> six foot five. I literally.
1: <laughs> Are you six foot five? No, I'm not.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's very funny. <laughs> okay. I, it is very funny because you meet people, and I think you know that's one thing we're actually missing. I think from at home, and i, and I, I started going back down to the office. I, 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 you know, going down to the Kilkenny office or the Dublin office, and. It's nice to just, I'm in Kilkenny all day tomorrow, but it's nice to just kind of meet people, have have a cup of coffee with people as well. Um, Would I go back full-time? Yeah, I don't think I want to go back into the traffic. Yeah. That's the
0: thing, traffic never goes. And in Dallas, I think it's even worse, isn't it, the traffic in Dallas? So it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think anyone misses the traffic situation. I think that's probably one of the highlights of, you know, COVID. And I think the other piece as well is just being able to be home more like David, you mentioned, you know, your little one, I'm sure with your older kiddos, you didn't really get to spend as much time with them during the day or see them during the day. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a great thing to have less time in the car Fighting all of that and more time being able to, you know, be home and do more of the things that you like and spend time with your family. It's been, I think that's been the best part.
2: Yeah. Um, if, there, if there's any positive bit for COVID, yeah.
0: That- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I think we're coming to an end. It's been so, well, I think I've been a bit of a geek, actually, because I've learned so much. Uh, bad actor, that's one thing I've picked up. I really like, well, obviously, I don't like what they do, but I, I like the the name of bad actor. Um, and, you know, I think it's such an important um, subject that we do need to raise the profile of of data security within the industry, really. So it's been so interesting.
2: Great. No, no, thank you very much. But I And I definitely agree with you, I think. Uh, unfortunately, security is not something that's gone away, and, and bad actors are, are definitely not going away, as long as there's money in it for them, and there is money in it for them. So it's very important we, we protect all our systems, be it, be it payroll, be it financial, be it ERP, manufacturing, whatever it is, it's important we protect our, our systems. And I think everybody in the world has begun to realize that data is becoming a currency as well, and, and a very valuable currency. Let's make
1: their jobs as hard as possible, right?
2: That's the way. That's what we have to do. Yep.
0: Definitely. (laughs) Well, Well, you have
1: been a wonderful guest, David. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate having you on.
2: No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me.
0: The Humans of Payroll podcast is recorded in partnership with Amedis. Amidis is the leader in consolidated global payroll solutions, processing payroll in over 150 countries. The Amadeus platform provides a unified view of global payroll operations, real-time data analytics and advanced reporting capability while ensuring legislative compliance and data security. Amadeus's deep integration capabilities with HCM and finance providers dramatically simplifies multi-country payroll obligations.